The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence among us and in this world. We ask that you would continue to open our hearts and our eyes, that we might see you and the work that you are about, that we might join you. Amen. There's a number of things going on in the text, and for those of you that recall, we're following a different set of Old Testament readings this season. It's the semi-continuous set, so somebody at Bible study commented that it's like reading a serial, this story that just keeps going and going into the next edition. I can't wait to find out what happens next. We all know the stories, and today, of course, we get the story of Moses, the baby, in the basket, in the river. And it's interesting because it starts out with a related question or statement to the questions that we get in the gospel text to today. There arose a king in Egypt, a pharaoh, who did not know Joseph. He didn't know Joseph. So we remember Joseph, right, and the famine, and he was a mover and shaker, very high up in the government, and had everybody's confidence, especially the pharaohs. But now there was a new king that had arisen who did not know Joseph. This business of knowing people, right? That's what we say. It's what you know, not who you know, right? Or it's the other way around. It's not what you know, but who you know. And it gets us upset when that works for somebody else and not us. Then we think it's great because we're well-connected when it does happen to us. And at times, we might even show off who we know. Often, we try and avoid showing off what we know, or rather demonstrating what we don't know. But we like to let people know how connected we are. I recall an event a couple years ago. Cal Lutheran had a new president, and there was a, an inauguration and uh, a get-together, a big party, a gala dinner in the evening, and there were several speakers 
that got up and spoke, and many of them referenced other people. It was a lot of kind of name-dropping in a way. And Pastor Scott Maxwell Doherty, one half of the campus ministry team there, got up to the lectern, and I thought it was rather funny and very typical of Scott. He said, I'm going to drop a name too. God. (laughs) Just launched it out there. And it's kind of funny. We can laugh at that. But in the gospel text for today, we have two very different questions. Although they sound similar in some ways at first glance. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Son of Man. Who do people say that I am is basically what Jesus is saying. And the disciples come up with all kinds of great answers. They say, well, some say you're John the Baptist, come back. Some say you're one of the prophets. In this day and age, we might say, some say you're Martin Luther King Jr., come back. Some say that you're Rosa Parks. Some say that you're Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some say. We're kind of comfortable talking about our faith in that way, right? Kind of as if it's this thing on the table that we can look and identify and take a picture at, but can step away from when it gets a little uncomfortably close. So what, what have you heard people say about God or Jesus? Well, now we get a little more comfortable. Well, you know, I read a book recently. I was talking to a friend of mine. I saw something online. I took a class when I was in college, and the professor said, it's interesting how Jesus doesn't have a lot of patience for that line of conversation. He just kind of cuts right through the middle of it and says, great, but who do you say that I am? Oh, well now... You mean out loud? You want me to answer that out loud? (laughs) In front of people? In public? Every Sunday when we gather, we share one of the creeds where we state our faith out loud. And we articulate who Jesus is. But that's something that sometimes makes us uncomfortable. It's a question that we often hope doesn't come up at a dinner party or other things like that, kind of like politics, right? The other thing we're not supposed to speak about in public. It's okay if you have opinions, but just let's not get too carried away. But who do you say that I am? It's interesting, this story takes place in the context of being in a very important and powerful political town. Caesarea Philippi. This wasn't some backwater little village. This was a big city with important people, not just locally, but regionally, and perhaps even within the empire. In the shadow of all that might, Jesus is asking them to identify him. Now, we get to Peter pretty quickly. Peter isn't talking about you're like the best teacher I ever had. 
You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow. Now suddenly the scale is a little different. There is a claim in there. Because if we claim that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, well, suddenly there are expectations in that relationship then. Jesus is a lot safer in some ways, studied out of a book perhaps, but not so safe when we claim him personally. When we have that sense that we are acknowledging who Jesus truly is, suddenly it feels a little intimidating. It's something that we're uncomfortable about speaking in public. We can talk about Jesus, but suddenly when we identify him as the son of the living God, that's something else altogether. As we hear the text move on, there's a lot of kind of ambiguity in the Greek. We know the name Peter, Petros, petrified, rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, I think scholars have wrestled with the language there. I think most Protestant scholars have understood the reference to be the faith of Peter as opposed to Peter himself. I'm not quite so sure about that. If you've been to St. Peter's Basilica, you can see it chiseled in Latin around the top of the dome. You are Peter and on this rock. It's interesting, this bedrock faith that we have that Peter demonstrates, I think it's important to realize where it goes and how it comes. Blessed are you, Peter, because you didn't come to this idea on your own. God has given it to you. As Lutheran Christians, when we look at the catechism, we understand in the study of the Holy Spirit that we can't come to know God by ourselves. But that it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Not because we're so clever, but pure gift. But I don't want to leave us in that spot where we understand that the Spirit comes, gives us this faith in a living God, and now, and, and now what? And now what? That's the part I think that we have the most trouble with, the sense of where we go from there, how our lives are changed by that claim. As we leave the worship space, walking past the font, we see in wood above, chiseled the words of the Great Commission. Go, therefore, baptize and teach. That happens in all kinds of ways. Today, here, that's happening as we assemble school kits in the courtyard. But every day and every opportunity is going to look different. The ELCA has a short slogan that I like. God's work, our hands. It's a profound sense of how we respond to God. Not doing some new thing on our own, but leaping in in participating in the work of the living God. I would encourage you this week to consider this language, the difference between those questions. What did that book say that you just read about God? 
What did your professor say, your teacher, your parent, your neighbor, that influential leader on your athletic team, whatever the case might be, versus the question of who do you say that I am? And think through what it means when we claim Jesus as the Christ. Amen.